Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and we have done it. 2020 is almost over, and with it, season two of your favorite podcast. No Australian wildfire, global pandemic, or election sideshow could keep us from blessing you with banging new tunes and original craft cocktails. Please enjoy responsibly. A season finale wouldn't be complete without a stellar musical guest, so stay tuned at the end of the show for an appearance by Southern California group Casual Vice, who will be premiering their track Antihero with us. It's already a personal favorite of mine, so you don't want to miss it. But before we get started, we all know that drinking alone in quarantine is a sad, sad business. So I invited a couple of friends to share and enhance the airwaves with me. And they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. And today is our last show of 2020, so we need to send off things with a bang. Joining us on the pod is Atwood Magazine editorial staff, including the Tunes and Tumblers sugar daddy himself, Mitch Mosk. How you doing, Mitch? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here, finally. I've been uh, nagging Anthony for two years now to get me on the pod, and so this is my grand debut. Yeah, hopefully he will stop bothering us now. It's a very but long the vetting real, process. The real reason we're uh, having you on, Mitch, is for you to finally address the rumor that you are Orville Peck. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Mitch joining us. With him are Frankie Rose, Adrian Vargas, and Nicole Almeida. How are you all doing today? Great. I'm good. doing so well. I appreciate you asking, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, it's great to hear people are still doing well in 2020. <laughs> But before we talk about the albums we brought, it's time to go into the bar. For those of you that are uninitiated, Tunes and Tumblers is a bar. It's our bar, and it's been shuttered for the entirety of the pandemic for nine long months. But I think it's time to rip off the boards, pry open the door, and see what's become of our bouncer, Gerald Highwater, uh, because he needs to check your IDs. <laughs> um, Pedro, why don't you tell us what's going on in there? I forgot to feed him. <laughs> so he's been uh just living off of the leftover liquor so i'm not sure how much i really have to work with here guys but but he's he's in there he's missing an arm but he still has one left so he can still check the ids he made this... uh he made gerald jerky out of the arm to, oh to help himself survive i can't it imagine sounds completely it psychotic if people don't know what we're talking about or don't follow, <laughs> <don't> follow saga. <laughs> You need to you need to have been with us a long time to know who who this king this king of the bar is. <laughs> but who wants to show this ragged husk of a man what they brought to get into the bar today? Okay, so I have it's a picture of a picture. Listeners might have to use their imagination to <laughs> yeah picture this. Unfortunately, it's not a visual. Okay, media. I don't know how clear it is. So it's a family photo from when I was a baby. And this is me with my, oh my, with my brother and sister. And basically my brother and sister are like all smiles on their face, like typical family photo. And there's just me in the middle of a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> with like red cherry cheeks, hardly any hair. 
and just crying my eyes out. And I feel like it's pretty representative of like right now. 2020, that's my face a lot of the time. That faces all of us on the inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nicole, I think I can see what you brought already. Can you tell us yeah. about that? I brought my Pomeranian Gigi. Oh my um, God. Yeah, this is she. Mm. I have another dog who's back there. Like you chose the Pomeranian? Just because she's the one who can sit on my lap and stay still. I can hear her panting too. Oh yeah, we're soulmates. We share a birthday. We're soulmates. And Gigi is like, I don't really like Pomeranians. I only like her. I feel like she is very representative of me because she's also blonde. She's very loud. (laughs) She's affectionate, but only to like five people. And she's very sassy and always gets her way. So this is Gigi. And this is me. This is definitely... (laughs) Perfect timing. Well, Gerald loves dogs, so you're definitely in. Yeah, you're in. Thank you. Don't be too close, though. He also hasn't eaten in a while, so... (laughs) (laughs) Mitch, what did you bring us today? Well, most people don't know. I started off just writing songs, singer-songwriter, and did that for many years before I started reviewing other people's music for fun. And the entire thought process that went in my head in uh, mid-March was, I'm going to have a lot more time not commuting to work. I wonder if I can use that to get back into music. And after a few weeks, it has now continued to sit (laughs) on the side (laughs) of the couch, gathering dust, not being played so i have a new goal for 2021 which is to play the guitar more often but uh that's me and i have a wonderful photo that goes back a long time which i i actually just rediscovered and it's me with the guitar looking like you would expect a 13 year old boy with his guitar (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mitch, are any of these songs available on Bandcamp wow. or Deezer? No, they're up on Spotify. I was, I was legit. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. What? We're yeah, going to get this. We're getting into this on 20, in 2021. Wow. Is that the, is it Mitch, is it under Mitch Mosk? You're just going to have to go and see for yourself. (laughs) Listeners, time to go on a Mitch scavenger hunt. Find his music and do a cover and send it to us. Oh my God. Mitch hunt. I would be, I think my goal in life would be for someone to cover my song. That would be incredible. (laughs) I knew you were going to say something like I'm, I'm, I'd be so humbled or I'd be so honored or so flattered. (laughs) It's true. Who would you pick to, who's your dream person to cover your songs, Mitch? That is a very, very good question. Should I have to say Beyonce? We're not even That's being coy. Shoot correct. for the moon. No, correct. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> All right, Adrian, show, show us what you brought. So I really like music. I really like video games and new soundtracks. And I really like my family. So what I did was I picked this little music box from one of my favorite games, which also has one of my favorite soundtracks, and it was a gift from my brother. So it kind of hits all three right there. So it's one of my most cherished possessions. Uh, My brother and I are very close. Him and I bonded over this game a lot. So, and I love its music. What game is that? This is Nier. Oh, Nier uh, Automata, is that what it's called? This is from the first game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have Automata. 
Yeah, it's great. It also has that was uh, my 2018 uh, actually album of the year was the game soundtrack. Amazing. Yeah, so that's that's my ID. Nice. I hope Gerald can accept that. He doesn't seem to have any questions, but also he doesn't seem to be paying attention. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's this glazed over look. He's looking like, very hung he's looking very hungrily at that sparrow <clears throat> on that tree across the street. <laughs> Also, he bit off half his tongue in a hang gliding accident, so oh that's a good part of it, too. You're the only one who, like, keeps track of this, Ryan. <laughs> it's important, you know. All right, well, we sweep up the bar of, of the rat droppings and whatever it is that Gerald left in here. Uh, usually, we have Ryan hit the jukebox, but this time, everyone is going to get a couple of bucks from Ryan's personal billfold to play their own pick for one of the best albums of 2020. And in the meantime, so before we get into it, I think Pedro here has a drink to sum up this uh, this this interesting year. Take it away, man. Well, I have to see what Gerald left me. 2020 has been, as you all know, insane. There's been some, you know, a few good things here and there, but overall it's just been hot garbage, <laughs> let's face it. And with the cold weather... And the holidays, everyone likes a good warm drink. So we're going to do like a play on a hot toddy. It's going to have apple pucker, butterscotch liqueur, um, some whiskey in it, and a cinnamon lemon tea thrown in there. So it's nice and toasty. It's also got that sour, <laughs> it's got a sour tart flavor to it. So it's kind of hard to get through, but there's just enough sweetness in it to get you to the end, much like the year. And we're just straight up calling it hot garbage. <laughs> 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 and I actually have one right here. So here's <laughs> nice mug. This yes, is Ryan, this is actually Ryan's mug. Credit to Ryan. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see, that mug says "fuck" in giant letters, but the handle is the F. Yeah, I already took photos of it, so I'll send them to you, Anthony, for the for the post. We got to put it in the story for sure. Some good things can come from white elephant parties. Believe <laughs> yeah. it or not. So Ryan, you don't even know where that's from originally. It was a, yeah, it was a white elephant thing. And yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the origin. Well, I think it's time we talked about some good things that came out of 2020. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 All right. We have a lot of people in the room today. Um, we're going to go around the circle again. And everyone is going to get a chance to speak uninterrupted for about three minutes about one of the albums they consider to be the best to come out of this year. Uh, so a couple of questions I just want you to think about while you do this. So what album did you choose, first of all? What kind of emotions came up for you while you listened to it? And why is it one of the best albums of the year? Being that you're the king of Atwood, Mitch, I think that it would be fair for you to go first. So 2020 has been a really exciting year, uh, all things considered, for music. Uh, I have seen so many incredible releases from all over the world and in terms of just the music that people are making during this difficult time i've been really humbled um so i had a really hard time figuring out what i wanted to talk about uh but two albums came to mind uh the first is something that i think everyone anticipated the 1975's magnum opus of a fourth album notes on a conditional form a couple highlights about this record it has been talked about in almost a folklorean sense for years it was the big record after which they were going to possibly break up uh they have since 
said, no, that's not happening. They're having way too much fun making music. Uh, why would they do that? They're at the height of their career. And this record is kind of proof of that. They are no longer the angsty pop band that they were seven to eight years ago. They have grown in size and stature, and I think this record is their most mature yet. A couple things to note about it, it's an 80-minute long album uh, compared to most of what's being released these days. Uh, I just found that very impressive from the start. But I think what I found really impressive about it uh, even further was that it kind of works. If you have 80 minutes to spare, it's exciting from start to finish. It's uh, cinematic. It is angsty. Everything that 1975 makes is angsty. But it's also ethereal and grounded. Uh, Their singles were varied, uh, really catchy. Uh, There were songs like If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know and my favorite Me and You Together song, which were just super exciting and amplifying. But then there were a bunch of deep cuts that come from outer space. You would never think it was this pop band making music like this. Uh, There's a song, I think there's something you should know. And uh, one that I really enjoy called nothing revealed, everything denied. And I just think their album makes you actually think. Uh, It makes you feel. It is for the introspective person in all of us. It offers us a space to really reflect. Uh, And that's also where my second choice comes into play. There is an artist out of Atlanta called Zaya, or Zaya. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Uh, but it's Z-A- I-A. And uh, he's been putting out a couple of EPs consistently over the past couple of years. And this is his second on Arista Records. It's called Very Alone. And if there is any two words that kind of capture what 2020 has been like for so many of us, it is Very Alone. So even if it was unintentional, he recorded most of it in 2019, this set of songs, which is only 25 minutes, so it's really tight, but it is an album. This set of songs kind of spoke to the other side of 2020. It spoke to the um, violence, the inner turmoil, the struggles that we're all going through, the struggles that have already been there, but are amplified because we find ourselves at home having to change what our everyday activities are. There are a couple songs that I really, really loved. The title track, Very Alone, uh, is a mix of hip hop and like 80s dance pop, sort of. It's really hard to describe, but it's crazy melodic and he isn't quite singing, he isn't quite rapping, um, and he's really good at it. His uh, lyrics are really incredible, and I'm not going to do him justice, but I'm just going to read the first uh, stanza because I love it that much. Had a plan be the man, wanted friends, wanted in, even then I could never get through. When I made some back of the pack in school, even then feeling like a lone wolf, Try to change, rearrange, do the things that I knew any other time that I wouldn't do. I'll pretend I'm just trying to be cool. Only cool thing to do is be you. I love that line. I love the sentiment in it. I think it's expressive and individualistic and it's humble. And uh, if there's one thing I've really looked for in music this year, it's humility. And for me, his music uh, exemplifies that quality. It's not just for him, it's for everyone. And he is inviting community, he's inviting participation, he's inviting us all into his inner sanctum. And so uh, between Zaya and the 1975, I gotta say it's been a wild year, 
but we got some really beautiful music out of it. So I hope that didn't go over. <laughs> we went a little long, but you're you're the king, so we can Mine do whatever short, we want. Yeah, so that, that'll work out. I mean, all I'm of your roundups. I'm like not two known. paragraphs max, and then Mitch's section for the roundup is. <laughs> You know what? When you, pay for the site, you. when you pay for the site, you get certain privileges. <laughs> no, I'm not arguing against the UD At- Atwood Daddy. Mm. <laughs> Drew, I want to leave in a majority of that because it was good. <laughs> Frankie, tell us what you, uh, what you think is some of the best of 2020. Okay, so I'm going to carry on from um, the start of the podcast that I was talking about what I've been listening to this week. So this year I've been listening to a lot of Francophone music, particularly Quebecois music. So I thought it was only right to choose something in that area. So my album of the year is Claude Pelgag's Notre Dame de Septeleur. And um, I've chosen her because I feel like her music is pretty representative and it's like easy to listen to like even if you don't understand the lyrics you can still get sucked into the music it's got like a mixture of like whimsicality cinematic parts and then like the melancholy songs as well so yeah lyrically um if you do follow the lyrics it's very poetic and she like references like nature and stuff like that and I also feel like um there's some other artists that are kind of similar that maybe you could check out from listening to that so for like um the kind of cinematic side to it with like the strings and the instrumentation there's like another album by a guy called Louis-Jean Comier called La Nuit Tombe and that's kind of like in a similar area I had not heard I'm of that so album. I'm so bad at explaining. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I had not heard that album until I saw it come through on the email, and it mm. absolutely blew me away. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, and also, I guess if you were to compare her to like well-known artists, I guess she's kind of got like some Florence and the Machine vibes to her, mm. with like the dreaminess. But with Florence's music, it's kind of like I love her, but I feel like she's kind of predictable. Like you know what to expect. But with Clay Pelgag songs, is like more variety. It reminded me a lot of um, Melody's Echo Chamber, mm. another French artist on Fat Possum, whose 2018 album was like really kind of lush, cinematic, but also psychedelic and really surprising. Mm. So yeah, I love that one that cool. you shared. Mm. Thanks. And also another reason why I think it's good for 2020 is because of the mixture of things that I talked about so there's like real escapism with the songs um like there is like a real fantastical element which is kind of what we all need and what we all want but then there's also like the real like sadness and like gloominess to it which is also appropriate amazing yeah uh escapism in 2020 is always a must we've been talking about it for a while uh Adrian take it away So uh, first, I think based on the flow that Mitch had, his Spotify name might be MC Moss. That's my <laughs> suggestion for it. So a potential thing to be looking up. Uh, the album that I wanted to talk about is not necessarily my album of the year, but just one that came as a surprise to me and one that I was very happy to see, which was Com Truce's Indicate 2. He's my favorite synthwave artist. And 2020, I didn't really listen to much in the synthwave sphere. So hearing a lot of these unreleased tracks and really deep cuts, a lot of it, it just made the end of the year a little brighter. So I kind of missed a lot of the sounds that he would do. And whenever I listen to him, it's he has a 
you know, he does a good job for me where depending on the mood that I'm in, he can either hype me up or really zen me out just like the flip of a switch in terms of like what I'm feeling and his music satisfies both of those type of feelings that I have going on. And it was just nice hearing some of those tracks. Uh, like one of my favorites is chemical legs and that track didn't exist anywhere except for an adult swim singles, like back in 2012. So it wasn't part of like any of his discography. It was only on that adult swim single program. So having it like in an official part now it's in, you know, discography there it's official. People can easily listen to it. Now it was, it was just nice seeing that pop up again and re-listen to it a lot. He just does such a great job. I've seen him live twice. Just such a great performer. All of his melodies, everything he does. And I think what I liked about the album too, just because it goes back so many years, each album has a different feeling with it. And so Indicate 2 just goes through a lot of different styles and soundscapes and just kind of undulates with this hypnotic grace to it, I suppose. We're already getting some great suggestions. I feel like mine's not going to live up to it. What I love about some of these is that I don't know Quebecois music very well at all, and I don't know synthwave music very well at all. So I have so many new genres to explore, let alone albums. And putting your your finger on like what to call a genre too is is something that we've grappled with on the show. I mean, that was like one of our our best things when we were talking to Chaz Cardigan is like describing ourselves with with a genre. We have to give credit to Comtrues for having the original Spoonerism name. I feel like there were exactly. a lot of artists around exactly. that time who were doing that, and he, but he was like the original. Gotta um, give him props. And also shout out Adult Adult Swim Singles Club. I'm going to talk about that as well as it relates to my pick. So there's a lot of good stuff to be found on those compilations. But before we get to that, we have one more editor to talk to. Nicole, what did you bring for us? Okay, so all of you have been bringing out these like obscure albums of like new artists and don't worry, mine is going to be extremely mainstream just because <laughs> I tried, I resisted. I was going to be like, I'm going to be the cool indie editor who brings out like that artist has 50 Spotify followers, but I cannot. Like <laughs> I, I I fought against it. And then my Spotify wrapped was literally like four out of my five top songs were Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa was my artist of the year. I've been in love with this woman for three years. I was like, okay, I'll just do it. Future Nostalgia is my album of the year. Um, basically because it was the first um, feeling of joy that I had ever since lockdown happened because it came out on March 27th and I was like this is what it's like to feel okay again <laughs> wow can you just listen to these songs and um she is incredible I mean I've been a huge fan of hers ever since before the first album but what she's been able to do with her career and the huge step up that future nostalgia was from her self-titled record is incredible um She's become like a pop star, a real like like capital P pop star that you can recognize and everybody knows about. And Future Nostalgia had everything to just bomb, like it was leaked. Um, it's a disco record that was released in a year where nobody can party. She was right after like the Dua Lipa, the self-titled album cycle ended. People were making fun of her online. 
everything that could have gone wrong basically that's not too heavy did with her and then future nostalgia came and it's just undeniable it's such a huge record it's so powerful she's so confident and she's so sure of herself and I love listening to music where women feel very comfortable just being themselves and sounding like they want to sound and I think the fact that it was released in March and people are still talking about it and people are still listening to it and every three weeks there's a new single off the record that comes out and she has a great way to make her albums last year. She did that with her self-titled and she's doing that now. And she never lets us forget that she's amazing. And you know, I'm still in love with the record to this day. And I just could not pick anything else. I agree with that. But also, uh, as everyone knows, thanks to Ryan, I'm a big DaBaby fan. And I love <laughs> her remix of Levitating with DaBaby. Mm-hmm. He knows how to party. Ryan, do you want to tell us what you brought today? Yeah, absolutely. This was a hard choice. God, it would have been great if I picked the new DaBaby album. That would have been a nice <laughs> transition. But alas, I did not. Um, usually I pick Longmont Potion Castle's release. He's a surrealist prank call artist who always releases an album. And I just always pick him no matter what. Because I just love what he does. And I love putting that on my list. Since it's usually not on anyone's. And it's fun to be obscure in that way. You understand. so but this year i picked the record there is no year by algiers released on matador records so you're hearing that there is no year and you might go oh great a pandemic record right well no this was released on january 17th it was released at the beginning of the year and this album predicted how the year would play out in a really eerie way i was kind of blown away and I wouldn't have thought I would have picked that record when I heard it because I had to revisit it a few times. Like I came back to it in April, came back to it in July, and I was like, my God, this captures exactly how I'm feeling. And I feel like how a lot of people felt this year. It was felt really urgent, necessary, tense, and captured this feeling of aggression and helplessness that I think a lot of people were feeling. There's a little song called Dispossession that just basically says Dispossession is coming for you which I was like, God, how did they, they, they were kind of predicting something politically, I think, that really came true. I'd initially found this band back in 2011 during my blog trolling days of looking for things and was blown away by them because they were kind of had this gospel punk sound talked about, talk about post-genre. And this has a lot of that too, mixed with post-punk, disco, industrial it's like that uh, SNL Stefan skit. This album has everything. <laughs> Derek Jeter, Tex Mix. No, this, uh, but this has all my favorite genres mixed in. And it was produced by the guys in Sunno and the band Men. I was just blown away by it. Um, it's incredibly dark. It's not uplifting. So keep that in mind. But it's really heavy, really intense, really well produced. And it ends with this great gospel punk song with the line, It's coming around. It's opportunity. And that really energized me and hope it'll do the same for those who listen. I also think this is a good time to announce my new initiative with Mitch called Humility Now, where we're (laughs) going to spend all of 2021 driving across the country and blasting Kendrick Lamar's humble on loop to people (laughs) we deem not humble. So look look out for that. We're going to be using a Prius car to do it. (laughs) 
That's right. Pedro, tell us what album is the best album of the year to you. Um, for me, it's an album that, out of everything that's come out this year, so much great stuff. This album has just been something to really uh, that I've really been able to like sink my teeth into and cling to. It's uh, Glass Animals' Dreamland. When I listen to Glass Animals from before, it always feels like I'm floating through some sort of abstract, like rose-colored fantasy or memory. It's it's so like just out in the beyond, sort of like in this, but in like in your subconscious. I don't know what it is, and I love that about their music. But this, it still has a lot of that dreaminess to it, and yet, like lyrically, it sort of like brings you down into like onto the ground and into the experience itself, which I I thought was like it, it just felt it felt like everything was more tangible in this album, which I thought was interesting. And even with a name like Dreamland, it still felt more real than anything they've made before. And especially like in 2020, when we all kind of have to like sit with ourselves and just be alone, thinking about probably everything because we have so much time. This this definitely felt like an album that that it, this album was good company for that kind of for that kind of thing. And, um, you know, he the uh, Dave explores like all these memories and and feelings from before but he sits and looks at them and really deals with them throughout the entire album and it even start even starts the album with like bringing up all these memories and 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 thoughts and saying this is 2020 and it's time to like look at the, look at all of them differently and figure out what they really are and what they what they mean to me and what they've made me and i just thought it was like perfect for this year and i love uh i mean so many they're, they're all great tracks, and I love that he, they spliced in some home video audio. I loved that. Tangerine, Hot Sugar, Helium, Domestic Bliss just hits you right in the heart. That song is so... Oh, you, you have to listen to it if you haven't yet. And then I love in Tokyo Drifting how he sort of gives himself... He creates this persona, Davey Wavy, and gives himself permission to try something different and like expand a little bit. And I love that. Like I, I, I love the idea that he took the time to just be creative and try something new. And there's... There's something so different about this album, but still so Glass Animals, and uh, it's for me, it's the perfect album of 2020. Pedro, you can just be honest. You chose this because this, the track titles are the best drink titles ever. <laughs> Hot sugar, domestic bliss, heat waves, Mel- water. <laughs> Melon and the coconut. Mel- yes, there we go. Yeah, look out for coming called, out of like, your mouth. Our next, se- our next season is going to be all Glass Animals titles for the drinks. Wow. Isn't oh there one God. called like Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. I want to see that drink. <laughs> Pedro, it's funny what you were talking about. Um, in our interview, um, Dave told me that when he originally started making the songs that were going to go on this album, he didn't know if he was actually making Glass Animals songs because they were so mm. personal to him. He didn't think they would end up being part of the band's repertoire because he felt they right. didn't quite fit into what they've done beforehand. Um, I love how you summed that up. Um, okay, it feels good when someone like agrees because you're like, okay, I'm not insane. And I totally, this is like, this is what it's supposed to be. No, they're my favorite. They are my hands down favorite band. Um, uh, I love the music they're amazing. they make. Absolutely. Yeah. I like uh, reviews that write very seriously about them. And they say, you know, when poet and scholar Davey Wavy wrote the line. <laughs> 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 All right. I think uh, I'm, I'm going to end this little segment with my pick for best album of the year. And this is one that came to my attention when I interviewed the lead singer of this band, Lynn Gunn, a uh, front woman of Paris, and their album is called Use Me. 
And if I was to describe Paris for those who don't know, it's kind of like glitch, glitchy rock with heavy production. So I want you to picture Nine Inch Nails meets Paramore meets Dua Lipa. So really pop fundamental. Uh, Pedro, <laughs> Pedro's brain out. is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the first album where Lynn came out and admitted Paris wasn't ever really a band. Paris was me. And I just was kind of hiding behind the, the band aesthetic because she came from like the warp tour scene where that was expected. And like this album came after a couple of years of bad hardship, kind of like a, a metaphor for what we're all experiencing in 2020. She was suffering from vocal problems, extreme stage fright. She was diagnosed with both an autoimmune uh, disease and Crohn's disease and Good was Lord. dealing with like contract negotiations that were going really poorly with her label. And she channeled it all into this record. And it's not just raw emotion where she's just putting it out there. She's like using it as power. So it's this drive to just excise, understand, and to push on stronger than before. And she kind of steps into the spotlight in this record like she's belonged there this whole time. And it has a little bit of ev any everything. Like the first half of the record is purely like bangers. Like it's really heavy. It's invigorating. But then it kind of like shifts into these reflective and heartrending songs. And I love it because there's a little bit for anything that you're dealing with. Uh, there's songs for pushing through a hard workout. There's songs for soundtracking an industrial rave. There's songs for crying in your bedroom. And there's just catharsis for whatever ails you. And I, it, I think it's the best of the year because of its range and because it slaps so hard. Uh, she wrote about the album, I was always strong in the power seat, but I had to own it externally. I made a decision not to shrink myself again and to truly be seen for the first time in my art, I was finally able to take ownership for the things I've done and continue to do as Paris, and it was a new era for me. And I really love that, and I still listen to this record, and I really recommend it for everyone. So that's, that's my pick for album of the year. That was a great one. For those trying to find the album, it is not P-A, it's P-V. Oh, yes. P-V-R-I-S. The V is pronounced like A, you know, how it usually mm -hmm. is. Because <laughs> why, why not? Do you think what it's meant talking? to be an upside down A, or is it meant to just be like a fun consonant? We were talking I think that, about. I think how, there like, was a typo, and they let's left get them it. on the call. <laughs> <laughs> just print it. <laughs> All right, thank you everyone for bringing these. This is such a diverse and interesting list that we have here, and I think it gives us all like something to really take with us into the next year. I want to kind of like have a freeform discussion here, but Mitch, I think there's something you wanted to tell us all about the, uh, the diverse group of people that we've assembled today. So the really cool thing that I've always loved about Atwood Magazine is that we're an international magazine. Um, you know, we focus on artists who you've never heard of and we focus on artists the, that everyone knows and everyone uh, loves. It's the biggest range possible um, from Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber to the uh, local kid on your block who has a really great voice and really great sound. Um, <laughs> and the whole point of the magazine has always been to showcase the music that we love. One of the 
best things that I personally have taken away from it is that people have had the opportunity to meet. Uh, we are international. Everybody from uh, Nicole, who is calling in to us from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to Frankie, yeah. who is currently in Montreal, Canada. But you're originally from? Originally from England, yeah. I've been in Canada since last year. And Adrian, where are you right now? I'm in Seattle, Washington. So Hell we have, yeah. We've got a range, and I'm here in New York. That's the best part of being a part of any digital magazine, is that you get to meet people from all over the world. And uh, ideally, if you spend enough time, you'll uh, get to you know learn more about different cultures other than your own, uh, get perspectives uh, from folks who are not like you. And um, that's my favorite thing about this magazine is the people. 2020, everyone. We're, we're at the end of it here. We had the Pfizer vaccine that just came out, was just approved by the FDA yesterday here in, in the States. And hopefully that means we're turning a corner on this pandemic, but who knows? I want to ask you all a question about the music we've been listening to this year. Uh, do you think that the music we got in 2020 saved this year from the garbage heap of history? I think, well, for me, music in general is just probably the biggest source of sanity, no matter what year it's been. Uh, but I think that's just been especially important for me this year. I've made over, I think at this point, 25 solo dance party playlists, uh, just because uh, this whole year I've just been by myself in my apartment here. So yeah, I think I have like over 25 uh, just like dance party playlists that uh, every time I get like a selection of new music, I'll make a playlist for it and then just dance alone, be happy for a little bit. And it, I mean, it's just been pretty fantastic doing it. And there's been a lot of different varieties that I've been listening to this year that's been helping. Like I've included even classical music in some of like the dance party playlists because sometimes I just like, Ooh, I want to hear into this giant crescendo of like violas and violins, cellos, bass. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna do it. You know, why not? Uh, so it's been it's been pretty great. So I think, at least for yeah, music has definitely saved a lot of 2020 for me. We're gonna need some links to those. Thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs> what did what do the dance moves look like during the classical sections? Uh, that's that's for me. That that's for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing sort of an interpretive dance. You know, Energy. it's just this unfettered display of joy. We'll go with that. So the Macarena. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Basically. Got it. <laughs> I want to echo a little bit of what Adrian said. I feel like I've always known I've had a strong connection with music, but this year was very full of ups and downs just for everyone. And I never felt as sane as I did when I was driving and singing my lungs out or like if I was at home and I was listening to music really loudly probably being hated by all my neighbors <laughs> but um really like giving it my all to just like live in that moment and like not only listen to an album but like live it and sing it and feel it I I think it was so easy for us to just um grow a wall and try not to feel this year because there was so much going on and i think music was the like listening to music was when i allowed myself to like feel again even if that was good or bad like it didn't matter but it was when the walls came down and i was like this is an experience that i need to have wholeheartedly just to remember that 
it's okay to like live through things and I think music was just everything and on the other hand I think artists felt the need to be there for us when they couldn't just because they couldn't play shows so I think that like doing live streams and covers and all these things it felt like music became a tool of proximity even more than it does when we can experience it live and when things are normal because it became a real universal language I'm sounding very cliche right now but I think it really helped everybody in the world just like freak out over a surprise folklore, like Taylor Swift thing, or, oh my God, Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears are releasing a song. Like, it just feels good to be excited about something for once this year. And I think music did that for me. Yeah, I want to add to that. I feel like, I don't know if music's been better this year compared to other years, but I think everyone's definitely appreciated music more. And um, you were saying about like other artists and I remember when the Strokes released their album in like March and it was like the beginning of quarantine. And I remember like the joy and the comfort I felt listening to that album because it was so reminiscent of like the classic Strokes, like the earlier stuff, but it was also kind of new. And it was just like, that's really what I needed. And I think a lot of people needed right now, just familiarity and the comfort. I like how music on a more like live level, not even related to artists per se, but how people incorporated music during the year, especially during the pandemic, like in Italy, when people were singing, you know, from house to house that happened in other parts of the world, the clapping in New York that happened. I imagine if you live there, that probably got pretty old pretty fast, (laughs) but on some level, it's kind of a beautiful thing. So I think music really helped in that way too, not just in terms of what was released by actual music, like participation. And we're definitely excluding when all of those celebrities sang Imagine at us. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't welcome. Oh, God. <laughs> it's funny. This is the um, first year in a long time where I've actually gone back and started listening to the music that I originally kind of was brought up on, classic rock, um, like uh, Queen, um, a lot of the Beatles, um, Billy Joel. Like, I've had more time this year to sit with myself and um so uh, i was just telling folks the other day there's this led zeppelin song the rain song it's uh, like an eight minute long opus yeah and it's beautiful and it just puts you in your place and um it's the antithesis of heavy metal it's just kind of a gorgeous almost classical like uh piece that has a huge huge crescendo at the end and um nicole you said something really cool earlier um that this has been the year we've really in living the music. Um, I feel like music saved us, but call me a cynic, I don't think music could save 2020. If you asked me to go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the we got a lot of great music out of it so much more than we otherwise would because while everyone should and would have been out touring this summer, they were instead quarantining or stuck at home or on some private island. And while I'm grateful for it, um, and I have this foolish notion that 2021 is going to be better, you know, I think I'm still sad. I think, I think, uh, you know, this is a year that um, we didn't deserve. Um, but I think that we're going to have something to cherish because we were able to recognize how tough our lives were and we were able to actually feel empathy for once with other people and uh i i like um 
I like what you said, Frankie, that, you know, artists kind of recognized what was going on and they tried to help. Another thing I want to add is I feel like, especially in regards to quarantine and stuff, like this year has been like one blur, like it's so sad, but I like try and think back to like, what did I do in April? And I honestly can't remember, like everything's just blank. It's like it didn't exist. So I feel like music in this way has been good as like some kind of marker. Mm-hmm. Like when albums were released or whatever, we can think, oh yeah, like that happened then. And that's kind of important. Yeah. And artists have kind of been making the most of this moment. A lot of them are struggling. I know a lot of them are really, they're not able to perform the way they used to, but some are putting on live stream shows. We got Charlie XCX's uh, How I'm Doing, or what is it? How I'm Feeling? How I'm, How I'm Feeling doing. Now. How I'm Feeling. How I'm Feeling. Uh, and a lot of artists, are, not just Taylor Swift, I mean, she kind of controls the conversation because she's Taylor Swift. And uh, as an aside, like, I'm really sad that everyone's talking about Evermore and no one's talking about Man on the Moon 3 because that album slaps so hard. I I love it. It's bringing me back to to 2010. Um, But like everyone is sharing their most authentic selves right now, especially the artists. Like the conversations we're having with some of these artists, I think are like the best that we've ever had because we kind of all sharing the same experience right now. I think we're also craving connection, which makes it so easy for people to be open right now. I think everyone is, I think what Mitch said, you know, feeling empathy on a global level and people are looking for that one conversation that they can have to like show how meaningful everything that they do is. Yeah, that and also like just all the time alone and everything, people are sort of, I think people are getting reacquainted with themselves again and like learning to be okay with that because we kind of have to, you know, in in a lot of instances, everyone's sort of getting to know themselves again and that sort of helped like you said, when they do crave the connection, it makes it a little easier for them to connect because they're not because they can just be as genuine as they've learned to be. I think the irony is that a lot of the music that we're talking about was actually made before 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I think it speaks to a lot of the art was already there. Um, we're kind of getting the most out of music this year. Um you know, there, there's, there's a kind of good uh, thesis for you. We're getting the most out of it more than we ever were before because we actually need it. Um, right. you know, most of the time we're able to go through our everyday lives and we're able to make it through without necessarily a boost or an extra pat on the back or a, how you doing, buddy? But music is there for us this year. We couldn't be any more grateful. Do I sound corny in the <laughs> I'm going to <Yeah>. cry. <laughs> Mitch, I think it's time you know that you are corny, but we love you anyway. It's like any sort of cliche, I'm pretty sure it's just ingrained in your own personal cliche. Yeah. You're like a walking, talking Hallmark card, but it's okay. A walking, talking Hallmark card. But in the best best way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like you're heartwarming and you're nice. And, you know, it feels very good to talk to you. It, it's I mean, not a yeah. it's not a criticism in any way yeah never change i mean any phone call i'm like if i if i know like all right i'm gonna have a phone call with mitch or something i'm like all right i'm gonna have a bit of brightness to my day because he's gonna <laughs> yeah. say gang how is everyone doing i'm so excited to see you all by the way i'm just so humbled by everyone here i can't <laughs> believe the joy that everyone brings me and i just get moved i'm thinking that's me he's talking about oh my goodness <laughs> 
Humble Mitch. Tour 2021. <laughs> oh, here we go, Mitch. Cheers to Atwood, Daddy. Cheers. 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 This has been a great conversation, and thank you all again for joining us. But I think it's time that we played our favorite game that we end the show with all the time. It's time for another round of Hashtag Mood. What's your This is the first time we have ever played that song. That comes to us courtesy of Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. They just wrote that song for us to do the Hashtag Mood segment. And what is the Hashtag Mood segment, you ask? Hashtag Mood is a game we like to play at the end of every show where we dive into our playlisting abilities. What we do is we go to our hotline and we pull a submitted mood from one of our fans or one of our return guests and we try to create a playlist to go with it. Each of us will have a chance to pick one song to match that mood. So without further ado, Drew, do you have a message for us? You have one new message. Hey, guys. It's producer Drew. So for yeah. this mood, I, I want to take us back. It's March 2020. You're thinking to yourself, how long could this last? Six weeks? Two months? You're thinking, I've got this. I've got Lord of the Rings, the extended edition, DVDs. I've got some tequila. I've got my podcasts. And this will all just blow over. Uh, what What is the mood? What is the soundtrack to this misplaced optimism? <laughs> and, uh, we're going to have a well, – it, oh, it couldn't get worse next year, right? Right? Right. Oh man! Oh my God! <laughs> Way to kill the mood, Drew. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right, I do want to chime in just to say sincerely, guys. Like, this has been such a hell of a year, but working on Tunes and Tumblers has been like definitely one of the lights of honestly my entire Aww. life. Aww. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, I don't you, know Drew. what I would have done this year without it. Right back at you. Uh, so thank you guys, and I'm looking forward to many more years of this. And hopefully uh, many years of, of recording the show in person. That would be really, so. great. really great if we could sit down brother. with our guests again. Fingers yes. crossed. All right. So misplaced optimism. I think it's only fair that our guests go first. Nicole, do you want to do uh, the honors? Yeah. So we talked about crying and dancing at the same time earlier. So I'm going to wrap it up with a song called I Don't Think I Can Do This Again by Muramasa and Claro. It's an amazing song. Dancing to it at Claro's show was one of the happiest moments that I had last year. But the lyrics are quite not that great. I mean, they're they're well written, but they are not like a happy mood considering the name of the song. So I feel like if you want to cry about something that's ending while dancing and being very confused about what you're feeling, this is a great song to start. <laughs> Strong start. So, Frankie, do you want to go next? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the song um, I've chosen is Phoebe Bridges, The End Is Near, um, just because, yeah, that bit at the end, 
where the emotion rises and then there's just the big scream like that's just everybody in 2020 <laughs> so it's an obvious choice but it had to be done it works <laughs> adrian take it away uh, so the one i did also similar mindset with nicole it's more like a sad ballroom type dance thing and it's romance by exre or x3 it's the side project of daughters you know the lead singer um, of daughters and so it's just it's such a danceable track but it's also really sad and it's just yeah i guess that's how i felt you know crying on the dance floor type of thing all right mitch you're next so i vacillate between happy-go-lucky optimism and pure hopeless dread uh, and so to define both of those, I chose two songs from the Beatles, a band whom I always find comfort in. I'd say starting off, this entire experience was like Revolution, the fast version, uh, where they are just going pure hard rock. It is guitars turned up to 11 and they are giving zero Fs. Uh, and that uh, slowly turns into For No One, which is the saddest song I think Paul McCartney has ever written. It's on their Revolver album and it is my personal favorite Beatles song. Uh, and it just defines heartbreak. Uh, it defines isolation and uh, being detached. I think both of those songs kind of cover the spectrum of emotions uh, that we're going through here. Absolutely. And Revolver, like, Revolver is such a great record, and I feel like it's never brought up. I have to I have to say something here. I don't think that it's never brought up, Anthony. I'm going to have to challenge you on that. <laughs> The Beatles revolver and the Beatles in general are brought up maybe too often. <laughs> you know how much money we have to pay because too. you said it. My 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 like my, in my circle of friends, like normies, like everyone's like, oh, I love the Beatles. I love Abbey Road and I love uh, Sergeant Pepper, but it like kind of stops there. Or like maybe the White Album will be talked about, but I mean, this is a different discussion. This has just been my experience. <laughs> Sounds like you got to find a new circle of friends, partner. <laughs> All right. I just want to um, add, can I just add, sorry, I got the yeah. title of the song wrong because I was thinking too much about the lyrics, but it, so it's, I know the end, not the end is near. Love you, Phoebe, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> she won't get mad, I promise. I think I'll go next. So I was thinking about how I first experienced this quarantine and I definitely didn't have the phase that Drew was talking about. I immediately sank into a deep depression from which I didn't awake for over two weeks, and I think I'm going to bring it back and go with a Creed song, uh, My Own Prison. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like some of these lyrics kind of sum up how I felt at the beginning of quarantine. He says, and I said, oh, all held captive out from the sun, a sun that shines only on some. We the meek are all in one. You know, don't write off Creed. They have some good ideas in there, even if people have relegated them to... Uh, being Creed. Being Creed. <laughs> it's also... I feel like uh, both Creed and Nickelback have been put in the same category of being Creed. <laughs> Nickel Creed. Nickel Creed. Who wants to go next? Ryan go. or Pedro? I'll go. The song I picked... Uh, I picked because it's uh, it's pretty upbeat and it involves a lot of repetition, almost like it's trying to convince myself of something. 
Um, it's called I'll Be Fine by Clary Brown and the Bangin' Rackettes. And she just keeps repeating, I'll be fine. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'll be fine. I left better behind to be fine. Pretty much. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> so I just thought that was uh, pretty perfect for that uh, that moment, that that optimism. So I had a pick that I immediately thought of and loved, and I realized it's not on Spotify. But I want to say it anyway, and then I'll give a Spotify pick. So my first one is um, a YouTube video you can find of Smash Mouth's All Star, but everyone's playing at different tempos. (laughs) (laughs) And so someone took the stems and started them all at different times. And after the first five seconds, it's a cacophonous mess. It sounds like the band completely breaking down. And I love that pick because it's got the optimism of All Star, of course, uh, which kind of reflects what Drew is feeling. I got this. I got my Lord of the Rings. But then it completely breaks down. And turns into a complete mess. So I would pick that for Spotify, but since it's not, I'll pick a song that is on Spotify. And that is the song I'm So Happy When You're Near by The Shags. <laughs> now, for those who don't know The Shags, they are a all-female outsider music band. It's three sisters. And they released one album in 1969. And they're sort of noted today for their perceived ineptitude. They sound awful and completely out of time. Rolling Stone once called them lobotomized trap family singers. Oh my God. Uh, really worth listening to. But this song, there's like an innocence to them as well. So this song, I'm So Happy When You're Near, kind of has that innocence. It sounds awful. It's completely out of time musically, but it's, it's talking about being happy when you're near somebody. And so I think that innocence at the beginning of it and still being able to be near people really captures that feeling of the beginning. So... There you have it. Well, great playlist, everyone. I can't wait to sit down and relive the beginning of quarantine. And listeners, if you have a mood of your own, leave us a message by calling the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. You can let us know your suggestions or just chat with Drew. Uh, he will monotone validations at you. You are beautiful. You are perfect in that, in that sweet voice of his. <laughs> you are doing a great job. <laughs> Don't it's kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your service, Drew. And with that, we've kind of come to last call here. It's been a long episode, but thank you so much for contributing, everyone. It's been a real pleasure having you here. Thank you for having us. Of course. I, yeah, I always thank you. appreciate hearing everyone's lovely voices. People say, come for the tunes, stay for the tumblers. <laughs> I come for the tunes, and I stay for the family. Aww. So, remember well, now we were, we're all, talking well, now, about cliches? now we're Olive Garden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were talking about cliches, and Mitch, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I again. know you did this on purpose, so I'm not going to pretend that I liked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to change our Instagram bio now. Come for the tunes, stay for the family. <laughs> that is great. Let's get that on a T-shirt. But before we go, one last thing. Does anyone have anything that they would like to plug for our listeners? Can I just say congratulations, first of all, to the Tunes and Tumblers uh, co-hosts? Because this is uh, a long time in the making. This podcast did not happen overnight. It has taken uh, a long journey to get here. And then when March happened, we didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, We were uncertain and the future was uncertain. And you stuck it out. 
you created a side project of Tunes and Tumblers and you kept that going. And here we are all together in a mode that we never would have thought possible, uh, even a few months ago. Uh, and yet we're doing it. So uh, Anthony, Pedro, and Ryan, I just want to congratulate the three of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. Mitch. That's so sweet. And for Drew, real, like, you, you almost made me cry like three times this whole episode. And Drew, for sticking <laughs> with us um, and for sticking with them. Um, <laughs> the man behind a, the curtain. This is a bright spot. It's thank you, fun. Mitch. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Frankie. And thank you, Adrian. It's been so great having you here. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Also, head on over to Atwood Magazine for our features on the albums, songs, and artist discoveries of 2020. You don't want to miss it. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. We'll be back next year with a new batch of songs, cocktails, and amazing guests for you all. And before we sign off one last time, we have a final treat for you. We're joined by Kyle Crone of the band Casual Vice, who will be debuting their single Antihero off their forthcoming EP, Joie de Vivre. It's a laid-back indie pop reprieve from the maelstrom of 2020 and hopefully a sign of brighter days to come in 2021. The track drops on all streaming outlets this Friday, December 18th, but all you lovelies get a sneak peek right now. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please join me in welcoming Casual Vice to the pod. Cheers. 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 Hey, Tunes and Tumblers, this is Kyle Crone from Casual Vice. Thank you for welcoming us to be part of your lovely program here. Sending you all some positive vibrations from California during this surreal year we're all living through. You're going to be hearing our new single, Antihero, from our forthcoming EP, Joie de Vivre, which is French for Joy of Living. And I think that's exactly what we hope the song can kind of serve to enhance in your life in some small way, hopefully. Antihero is one of those songs that came naturally, and the lyrics sort of came subconsciously. And in hindsight, I think, they're kind of equal parts, autobiographical and confessional. So for me, the song speaks to the personal challenges and resilience that's, I think, often required to live in pursuit of achieving whatever creative vision you have. I think it's really an homage to a lot of the heroes we've had who have blazed their own trail and kind of carved their own path people that have provided lasting inspiration in some way throughout the years. So yeah, it's sort of a love letter to the spirit of creativity and the uh, sort of inherent risks and struggles that sometimes go along with that. So just wanted to say thanks. I appreciate you lending us your ears. I hope the music and this little message finds you all well. Still afraid, got one foot in the 